0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars. Yeah, I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest, Alana Share. She's calling in from North Hills, California. Alana Share didn't grow up. In a car family, but she's made up for lost time. She started her wheeled career in motorcycle parts fabrication, then she did a stint in automotive PR before moving to the editorial side. She was a staff editor at Hot Rod magazine, editor-in-chief of Roadkill magazine, and currently reviews new cars for Edmunds and Car and Driver, while also covering classics and car culture for great publications including American Car Collector, by Friends of Sports Car Market, and other enthusiast titles. Alana and her husband have a large collection, more than a dozen, of mostly carbureted vehicles, including an Opel GT, several muscle cars, and a classic open-backed ramp truck race hauler that originally belonged to pro-stock legend Dick Landy. They share their collection on the Challenge Her YouTube channel, great name, along with her car projects. Alana is writing a book with Don Prudhomme. Yeah, that guy, about his life and racing career. By the way, Alana was guest number six on the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast that I do with Keith Martin every Tuesday. So if you missed that show, you can find it on the Cars website, on the Sports Car Market website, or any mobile podcast app you use. We'll be back in a minute to talk with Alana, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make Cars possible. Sit tight, buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. We'll be right back. The most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior isn't that drink your kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harsh UV rays damage your interior over time, they crack your dash, they fade the colors inside your car, and the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you. Their sunscreens are easy to use, they take seconds to install, and they protect your vehicle while parked in the harsh sun. They fold up easily and store away for those times you don't want to use your car cover. I have one for every one of my vehicles, and you should too. They come in a variety of colors and options, feature an accordion design that makes unfolding and folding them up a breeze. Want to give a gift that keeps on giving? Buy a sunscreen for your family members and your friends. They're custom made and fit almost any vehicle. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options that you're sure to love. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH120, that's yeah H One Two Zero at Covercraft.com, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120 at checkout, and you've got a deal. That's Covercraft.com. Use the code YEAH120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Get your sunscreen today. You'll thank me for it later. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're a racer and the Racers Group team owner Kevin Buckler, you found Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing... These wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, all wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to talk about the 24. This wine earned 91 plus points from Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's a dark, spicy, and velvety blend with ripe blue and black fruits and very smooth tannins. The label features a three-dimensional full metal chronograph in a bright gold finish that pays homage to the Daytona Rolex winners received at Le Mans. The racing series is a fantastic gift for the ultimate enthusiast in your life. And I've got a deal for you today. If you use the code CARS, Yeah, all one word, all in caps, when you're at the adoberoadwinery.com checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of wines from the racing series your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door use the code cars at checkout to get ten dollars off your purchase of the racing series today there's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series go to adobe road wines today and use the code cars at checkout <laughs> cheers Hello, Alana. Welcome to Cars. Yeah, or I should say, welcome back, because we've done this before on the uh, Buy Sell Whole podcast. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I sure am. Punch it, baby.
0: Punch it. All right. I love that. Well, before we get started, though, I'm going to ask you a question that maybe most people don't ask you, and that is, tell our listeners one little thing that most people don't know about you.
1: Um, I can play the banjo, but not very well. <laughs>
0: You and Steve Martin can rock and roll together, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. The banjo is such an interesting instrument. I grew up uh, learning and, and playing the guitar and actually taught guitar for a while. I've got a couple of guitars sitting here right in front of me. I need to pick them up more often. Why the banjo, though? That is such a unique instrument.
1: When I was in college, my roommate played the mandolin. And, and there's another so unique to, <laughs>
0: unique uh, yeah,
1: instrument too, uh, yeah. So I wanted to play something where we could do duets. So ah. um, I, was, I started learning the banjo and then we we played folk music together.
2: Oh,
0: well that's yeah, those that makes sense. Those two instruments go nicely together. So but they're so unique. They have such a unique sound to them and I always laugh when I see Steve Martin pick it up and play cuz you just don't expect see him playing the banjo. It's just, but after a while you start to go, okay, kind of makes sense. He's kind of eclectic and different and unique. And uh, so is Alana. So, okay, there you go. <laughs> well, next time we're together, I'll I'll full, pull my uh, Stratocaster down and you pull your banjo out and we'll play a song. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Sounds like fun. When we can all get back together again. Uh, well, here's a, another question for you. I'd like to start with a success quote or a mantra. Some kind of saying that means something to you something that is applied to your success in life it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars yeah so alana take the wheel
1: well i don't think that this is a uh, a standard mantra but mine the Mm -hmm. one that i say to myself is it'll be worth it for the story so (laughs) if i'm afraid to do something or i'm worried i'm gonna mess it up or it seems like it's gonna be a lot of work if i can tell myself it's gonna be worth it for the story this is a story you can tell later. Usually that just gets me over that hump and gets me working on it.
0: (laughs) You know what comes to mind here? I grew up in Southern California and I was a surfer. And I went out to a surf spot there in La Jolla where I grew up called Black's Beach. And surfers know that beach because when the waves are pumping, that place is huge. And it can be a little intimidating and scary. And I went with a friend of mine who was pretty much a daredevil. I wasn't much of a daredevil. And we paddled out. I barely got out. And, and I said, you know, I think I'm going to die out here if I take off on one of these waves. And he said those same words. He goes, yeah, but it'll make for a great story if you live.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There you
0: go. Yeah. Well, I like that saying. I I, I think knowing you as I do through the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast, it kind of fits with you very well. Well, let's talk more about your business and what you do. But before we do, how are you doing with this pandemic, the COVID situation? Are you and your family healthy? And, and how is it affecting you in, in what unique and different ways?
1: Well, thanks for asking. Um, everyone is healthy. I hope the same can be said for, for your folks and yes. for everyone who's listening.
0: I hope so. Yeah.
1: I, it has affected things. It's. Um, I've had a couple of magazines and websites drop freelance for now. So work that I was doing before is kind of on hold. Mm-hmm. But I've also been incredibly lucky, and I'm very grateful that a fair amount of the outlets that I work with are continuing to make content and they are continuing to work with me during this. So I haven't got to do the big social projects, the multi car comparisons, or any event coverage, which I love doing. You know, obviously that stuff is all on hold, but I have been able to do car reviews because that's just me solo in a car and as long as i don't get out of it i can drive around Mm -hmm. and i've been able to to do research-based stuff i've actually done quite a lot of interviews phone interviews which has been nice because all of the engineers and race car drivers and stuff they're just sitting at home too so they're happy to talk on the phone yes you know i i just talked to willie t ribs for sports car market
0: Uh, yeah he was was a guest on my show a couple months ago he is a character
1: isn't he great he's so (laughs) great Yeah. he was He's like, I got nothing to do. When do you want to talk? How long do you want to talk? You want to talk again? (laughs) So. Yeah. Stuff like that is really
0: good. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you're doing well, and this isn't drastically affecting you in the, in those channels. So it's great that you're still doing some fun work and getting to talk to some interesting people. That's pretty much my whole day. It's so all I do is talk to people over Skype or the phone <laughs> and uh, people from all over the planet and the world. I had a call this morning with a gentleman from uh, Octane Magazine uh, in the UK. So I feel like I started in the UK. I talked to somebody in Florida, and now I'm back on the West Coast. And uh, later, I'm going to be going. Where am I going later? I think to Texas or somewhere. (laughs) like that so yeah i'm all over the place well i'd love for you to share with my listeners more about what you do for a living and also touch on this challenge her and it's spelled just the way it sounds challenge her youtube channel that you do with tom uh it's just great fun so uh walk us through your life and your career and and all the great things you're having fun with
1: you know i you basically did that you told told everybody (laughs) a very good um summary of of what's been going on Currently, uh, I'm working with Edmunds doing new car review video, which is fun. I enjoy doing that. It's always an interesting challenge because we work so much with consumer cars, you know, minivans and small SUVs and things like that. And Mm -hmm. so it's really different from reviewing, say, sports cars for car and driver, both of which, obviously, (laughs) I'm enjoying doing. But it's a different kind of challenge to do the everyday cars because I really need to think about Who's buying this and what what do they need and does this meet those needs? Because mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to be doing anybody any good if I get in a minivan and I start talking about understeer or whatever, you know. <laughs> really? Nobody's going to care. And not
0: much understeer <laughs> in a minivan, huh? Well, maybe there is if you're going too fast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know. Minivans are designed to be extremely safe, which is great. Um, it's not always the most dynamic driving experience, although they're not bad because they do—they are kind of low to the ground. They do have a low center of gravity. They, you know, they've gotten—they've be gotten
0: better. The same with SUVs. I mean, I was loaned a, a new Porsche McCann Turbo a couple months ago by a local Porsche dealer. They wanted to borrow my car for a show they were having, and that was a nice car to drive. I thought, man, this is pretty yeah. sweet. <laughs>
1: I know, isn't it terrible? Is it Porsche in particular? You get in the SUVs and you're like, I'm not going to like this. I'm not going to like this. Oh man, I really like this. this Who is, am I? I yeah. don't even know myself.
2: This is pretty
0: nice, yeah.
1: So, so that's been fun. Getting to review new cars for for those two outlets has been really great because it's been such as they're so different and they're both so interesting. And the the teams that I'm working with, even online, are are very nice. Getting mm-hmm. to talk to people via email or on the phone about the different cars is interesting. The YouTube channel is something that my husband, Tom, and I have been doing. I think we have seven or eight videos up now. Uh, We just put up a new one where uh, we tear down a a 440 V8, just real basic. Just take the thing apart and talk through taking it apart and and the tools that we're using. Mm -hmm. Um, In general, we're envisioning an audience who is made up of kind of two different groups. One is people who are doing this kind of stuff and do know a lot about it. And they just like being in the garage with some friends. Yeah. Uh, And then I'm hoping that there's also an audience there that is new to this. Even if they're into cars, maybe they don't wrench on them. And I'm hoping that by being in there and showing me and Tom working on it together, Tom is a very experienced mechanic. Tom worked as a professional engine builder. So Mm -hmm. But I didn't, and so hopefully, showing that I can do the things and that we can ask questions back and forth together I, I want that to make people realize that they can try this, that they can ask questions that you don't that it it can occasionally be difficult if you're doing it for the first time it It doesn't always go as smooth as a when you watch professional video <laughs> yeah professional no, do kidding. it on the video so yeah. um and that's okay, that's okay. you can figure it out and so Trying to explain the mindset of, try, of figuring out how to do something for the first time is hopefully helpful to people. I don't know. Maybe it's not fun at all, but it's fun to do.
0: <laughs> well, I would bet so. And our dogs always. Your dog's a part of the team there?
1: Yeah. Definitely. Well, that's cool.
0: Well, let me ask you this because, you know, you're a woman in uh, what is growing as far as women in the automotive sector. I've, on my website, I have a whole category of women I've interviewed, over about over 200 now who've been guests on the show, but it's still somewhat unique in the automotive sector. So what kind of a different perspective do you think that you bring to not only these Edmunds write-ups and the, the articles you write, but also the Challenger YouTube channel?
1: It's such an interesting question, right? Because my initial response is always like, it's not different. I'm just another person who likes cars, but I was just reading um, a collection of essays from old car and driver. I, uh, I just got a, a job at, as a columnist at car and driver. I was already doing reviews, but mm-hmm. I'm going to be writing a, a column now and I'm pretty excited about it. So yeah. I've been reading. Congratulations by the way. Oh, thank you. It's, So cool. I mean, truly, it's a it's a dream job. So I've been reading a lot of the old legendary columnists. I've always been a fan of Brock Yates. So oh yeah, you know. But I've been reading a bunch of David E. Davis, and it's interesting to read a lot of that stuff in a row because I'm like, oh, this this idea of kind of macho drive anything confidence that that is sort of the underlying cliche of all automotive writing now mm-hmm. is that comes from these particular guys, right? Like that was their personality. And it was, it was how they wrote and everyone sort of copied it right. afterwards, yeah. you know? So a lot of the contemporary writers, they sound like those, those writers from before, you know, they, they want to sound like like David E or like Brock Yates or P G O'Rourke or who, you know, whoever those, Main writers were at the time that they grew up, and I'm not saying that those that they weren't great writers because I think that they were. And, and personally, I based a lot of how I approach stories on on things that I like about Brock Yates's work. But I also feel like personally I am much more comfortable expressing insecurity mm. than any of those guys ever were in their work. Sure. Like it's okay for me to say I wasn't comfortable going fast here or. I didn't know how this worked, so I looked it up. And if you don't know how it works, here's how it works.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so I don't know if that is a gender difference or if it's simply a generational difference because I think it's probably a
0: combination of things. Yeah. 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 It could be a
1: combination. Yeah, I would think Um, so. You know,
0: my wife worked in a predominantly male industry the first 11 years of her career, she was a civil engineer. And so she worked in an office full of men. The only woman in the office were the clerical staff, you know, doing books perhaps or the receptionist. And and it was a real – now this was tw- – oh, gosh, I'm dating myself 25, 30 years ago. Uh, <laughs> but, but it was definitely different. But I remember her saying that her boss liked having their beca- her there because she brought a different perspective than men did to the job. And he liked that. And so I think I don't see how gender couldn't have something to do with it. I know all these days it's that might be politically incorrect to say. but we are different people, right? And we have different perspectives on things. But I that's why I like having women on this show because they bring the true to the fact that this is not just a men's deal here with with cars that women are welcome they bring a whole new fresh outlook in many cases and like you said uh, they have a different way of addressing things and looking at things which brings open in my case when i read what a woman is writing it opens my eyes to a different perspective that i never would have had
1: oh good i hope more people like it um one thing that i do find and this could be because i'm a woman or it could just be my personality but I find that I get a lot of different when I do interviews. I get different angles. Um, mm, yeah, I tend to find out a lot more about people's upbringings. Uh, for example, I just you know talked to Willie T. Ribs, and one of the things that we talked about was that he was a single father who raised his kids. And I had just watched that. There's a great documentary about Willie T. Ribs that's been on Netflix recently called Uppity, which I very much recommend. It's excellent, except. There's literally not a single woman in it. Like, it never talks about wives. It never really talks about his mom. It doesn't talk about his kids, really. Like, yeah. And you know they were there. And mm-hmm. when I talked to him, he said that actually it wasn't his dad who encouraged him in the car stuff and in the racing stuff. It was his mother. It was his mom who, who was yep. there and who was supportive for him. Yeah. And that after he split with his wife and he had custody of the kids... He wouldn't have been able to keep doing it, except that his mom was willing to help yeah. help him learn how to be a, a parent and help him take care of kids. And so I thought that was super interesting. And I don't know if he told me about it because I'm a woman or if I asked about it because I'm a woman. But we ended up having this conversation that I hadn't really read about anywhere else.
0: Yeah, yeah. You he, he talked about that a bit with me and about he, his son has become a champion uh, skeet shooter. Uh, shotgun shooter and how he he does that to relax and get his mind off racing and uh, got involved with that but uh and that's my point i i believe that regardless men and women do interact differently than men and men and women and women there's just just happens and you get a different perspective which is the enjoyable part of it for me, even with interviewing as many women as I've interviewed who are some iconic people in the racing world like Lynn St. James and others, and women that are builders like Bogey with you know her TV show and in yourself. Sure. Yeah, it brings out a different side, which I think for listeners, I hope you listeners are enjoying this, that uh that they may <laughs> not too. they may not get. Yeah. So I appreciate you taking us there. That's fascinating. Well, let me talk to you this, since we're diving deep into your life here, I want you to talk about a huge challenge or a big failure that you faced something that really kind of pushed you back but more importantly what was the lesson learned and how did you move forward in a very positive way now we're going to take a short break and put some sponsor spots in here but i want you to chew on that and when we get back i want you to take a deep dive so sit tight stay buckled up we'll be right back and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH. For buy, sell, hold, that's code BSH, and you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right, $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yow for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. All right, we're back, Alana. So uh, let's take a deep dive into this challenging time in your life and uh, kind of walk us through it. And again, tell us what was the lesson learned so that you could come out of it in a positive way.
1: Okay. I mean, you know, gosh, so many failures. Which one? Which one? Which one? Use? Pick
0: the best. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
0: I love that okay. response, by the way. <laughs> That's great. Me means you tried a lot of stuff.
1: Definitely. So when I was working at Hot Rod magazine as a staffer, um, which was amazing, a dream job, um, and I was working under David Freiburger, who then sort of split off from Hot Rod and went to start Roadkill as a standalone brand. And he came to me and asked if I would like to come over to Roadkill with him and, and run the magazine there. And he warned me at the time, you know, it's a print magazine that they just started in whatever that was, 2015 uh, or 16, something like that. He's mm-hmm. a, you know, it wasn't a great time to have started a print magazine. There was already dark clouds on the horizon. But he said, you know, if you want to do this, you'll get to be an editor-in-chief for a while. Like, I can't tell you how long, but you'll get to be an editor-in-chief. And so I thought that was a risk worth taking. And and so I moved over to Roadkill. And that was incredible. So much fun. I mean, really getting to be in charge of something, getting to write exactly the kind of magazine that that I wanted to, getting to hire people who are all currently working at big places now. I feel very proud of being- (laughs) Being uh, being their mentor.
0: Yeah, their procurer. Well, I
1: don't know. (laughs) about mentor but I certainly gave people a chance to start which was something that I went in there wanting to do I was like I'm not going to let a single issue go out that doesn't have you know women on the byline besides just myself that you know that doesn't have people of color in the photos like we are going to do what I think people need to be doing and it was fantastic and it was great and um and I really enjoyed doing it but at at the same time, you know, there's sort of stuff happening under the surface. At the time, it was 10, the Enthusiast Network. Now it's Motor Trend.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: they were really moving away from print. They were moving towards video. They had, they were, there was a bit of an upheaval in the various different higher level executives that were there. And they had, you know, just huge layoffs. They let, and like, a, closed a ton of magazines, yeah. similar to what they've just recently did yeah, last sure. year. But, and they didn't let me go. But they did call me into the HR office and say like, yeah, we're not going to do the magazine anymore. And I was like, well, that's fine. I was expecting that. You know, do you want me to keep doing the website and the social media and all of that? And they're like, yeah, no, we're just going to get rid of your position altogether. But, you know, you're, you know, you're a good employee. So we have another job for you. And I was
2: like, Hmm. okay. Okay. What's that? And
1: uh, it was a secretarial position. Uh, (laughs) They didn't call it that, but it was an editorial assistant position, basically uh, working over on the video side. And on my first day in that position, I sat in a meeting with all of the remaining editors, all of whom were men, and I took notes on a calendar. And I went home that afternoon. It probably
0: didn't feel very good, did it?
1: It felt, I was furious. I was furious. And it's nobody's fault. Like, it's no, I mean, it is someone's fault, but it's nobody who is currently theirs fault and it's no, it's not right. David Freiberger's fault. It was, it was these executives who then ended up being pushed out almost immediately after that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but I went home and I talked to Tom and I was, I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I can't do this, you know, right. like this is, this is so painful and I'm so wounded and they, I don't believe that they would have done this to anyone else. And he said, we'll quit. <laughs> I was like, but, I'm like, but I, you know, I mean, I, I, yeah. I you know, I don't have savings, but he's like, it doesn't matter. We're not going to starve. We're not going to lose the house. Just quit. Don't do it. You you can do something else. You
0: married um, the right guy because I'm assuming Alana, that's what you needed to hear. You needed to be able to be set mm-hmm. free and kicked out of the nest and go, you know what, let's get out of the comfort zone here as if you weren't already and go do something else. It's okay.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it, it, he couldn't. It, he couldn't have said anything better, you know, because I was, I was so scared that it would be irresponsible of me to quit a job that was paying well and wasn't hard, you know.
0: But it wasn't fulfilling at all.
1: oh uh, no, not at all. It was absolutely, yeah. I didn't want to keep doing it, so, so I quit. I, I mean, I put in notice, and um, and then, you know, I had to learn how to become a freelancer, and that had its own had its own challenges you know at sort of learning time management i definitely had you know one you know one big fail after that where i just i just didn't hit a deadline um mm. you know i just didn't yeah. do it and yeah. they went with somebody else and but i've never had it happen since. of course so, yeah
0: you don't make that mistake um, twice
1: no and you know so and i yeah. i mean it was hard i did i did i took every job that was offered to me at when i first Became freelance. I didn't turn anything down. I was working really hard. I was taking jobs that paid a hundred dollars for a, you know, for a story, which is not very much. Sure. Um, yeah. But I just figured I got to do this, and I've got to make it work. And here I am, going into year three of it. And yeah, it's working uh, out. I'm writing a column for Car and Driver, and uh, doing reviews for Edmunds, and I've written for Road and Track, and Automobile, and uh, and it's also been really amazing I mean people have been very supportive along the way. Uh, other freelancers have shared contacts with me and have shared advice about how to get stuff done and mm-hmm. and hopefully i can I've been passing that as on as well to people who've asked me for advice yeah. so I never would have got to do that you know I mean the other day they dropped off a Lamborghini Huracan on, <laughs> uh, at my driveway for me to review and if I had stayed working just in the in the classic American car field, yeah. first of all, there aren't very few magazines left doing it.
2: Mm-hmm. So who
1: knows if I'd even have a job, but also I, I would have never got to experience all the rest of this car culture stuff. So, right. you know, I mean, I wrote about a McLaren at Pebble beach for a sports car market you know, that never would have happened if I had, right. had stayed doing calendars for the other. Editors. Well, I'll so. tell you
0: something. It's, it's an awesome story and it's a great lesson. And it's what Karjia yeah is all about is there are lots of opportunities out there. You just need to jump and take them and take that bold move. And thankfully, as I said, you married the right guy. Tom is great. He, <laughs> you know, he said, Hey, don't do what you don't want to do. Life is too short. And, you know, maybe that's part of. The silver lining, and there's gonna be a few silver linings with this current pandemic that I think will be positive, at least I sure hope so. Uh, that you know what life is short and you just don't know what could be coming. I mean, who's the thought eight, you know, eight weeks ago that we'd all be sitting here going through this? <laughs> Nobody could have ever dreamed <laughs> oh, that gosh. up. Uh no. so yeah.
1: I should be in Italy right now doing the Mille Mille. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, we all should be there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we should. We
1: should all be there. Next year. We'll be there next year. year. There
0: you go. Next year. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. It's a wonderful story. And kudos to you for taking that daring leap because that could not have been super comfortable. But look at where you've come, baby. So. You know, <laughs> thank goodness she did it. A hurricane in your, hurricane in your driveway. You can't beat that. Neighbors are all going, what is she doing down there? What the heck's <laughs> going on with her? I know
1: they probably think I'm selling drugs. Yeah. Oh gosh, she's gone off. Dresses.
0: She's gone off the deep end. The French connection now is the Italian connection. Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your personal passion for cars and so forth. I'd love for you to share a story where that came from. What was that pivotal moment in your life and you knew you were going to be a car gal?
1: I think you and I have talked about it before that it was actually much later than most people have their moment. I didn't right. didn't grow up with cars. I mean, there were old cars in my life, but they weren't it wasn't an important part of anyone else's life around me growing up. But when I was in college, I had a good friend and a neighbor named Damian and he had he was into muscle cars. He had a couple of different ones. And I think the moment that I realized I really liked them, it was before I even had my own. He had a '73 Charger. It was green. It had the little slot opera windows. Yeah, The Cobra vinyl top. Had the tapestry interior. It was like a plush car. Pretty cool. But we uh, we were driving up I five. We were going to San Francisco, and uh, we blew up the motor. And oh no! Overheating or stuck Uh-oh. a piston or something. I can't. I, I can't remember now what it was. But it, you know, I mean, it was it was fatal to the car. Yeah. Um, and so we were on the side of the road, you know, trying to figure out what to do. We had to get, you know, get a tow truck and we had to get a rental car because we had, you know, a place to be up in, in San Francisco, all this stuff. And um, I had a great time. I liked every second of it, you know? Like, <laughs> if it, it was like- this is fun.
0: Remind me not to take a road trip with you, though. I don't think I want, <laughs> I want to have any fun with a motor blow up.
1: Well, I mean, it would have been fun if it hadn't blown up too. But it was more just like I really enjoyed. I just enjoyed the old car and the fact that there was a problem with it was
0: part of the experience.
1: Exactly. It it wasn't something that made it not fun. It was. It just added depth to it. Yeah. And um, yeah, you <laughs> know, cool. it's I've certainly done it many times since then i'm less excited about blowing up now than i used to be but
0: yeah yeah no kidding
1: (laughs) it was the whole process of having a problem and then solving that problem Mm -hmm. that made it so exciting there
0: you go well you know there's a great saying that i found and it's this and it fits with the story you just shared attitude is the difference between an ordeal and an adventure And that fits your story very, very (laughs) nicely for sure. So great attitude, Elena. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about your first really special car, first special vehicle that came into your life. What was it? And maybe share a memory you have about that ride.
1: Well, my first car was a 73 Duster and it was a lovely car and I have great, you know, great fondness for Mm -hmm. it because it really got me into car stuff. But the car that I think, is my favorite of all the cars that I owned that I don't currently own was a 1972 Challenger, which would, was my second car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bought it, uh, I bought it for a thousand dollars and it was, you know, not a good car. Although I guess by current standards, it was a pretty good project car, but <laughs> you know, it was, it had a bunch of beat-up panels. It was a six-cylinder car. Ooh. I think it had been a movie car. Um, okay. Actually, I know it, it had been a movie car because I, I saw it in a movie once, but not not even a cool movie. Um,
0: <laughs> a non-cool movie you car. Know, it had like, car. All
1: mismatched wheels. Oh my like, gosh! It had, uh, one Magnum wheel, and then it had a steely wheel that was like painted like a Magnum because you know wouldn't matter on the yeah. It was, but it was still like to me, it was so cool. It's just like a flat black seventy two challenger and I felt extremely powerful when I drove it, especially later because I ended up building an engine for it put the engine in and I started drag racing it and uh took it all i mean I had multiple road trips in it went back and forth to san francisco arizona and uh it, it was such a it was such a bruiser of a car, and it was sort of my first experience realizing that a car can be almost like an outfit that you put on, like a superhero (laughs) costume or something. Because when I was in that car, I felt like a very different personality than when I was outside of it.
2: Well, those
0: cars had such a stance to them. I remember when I was in high school, there was someone in town that had a plum crazy 72 Dodge Challenger. And that thing, every time it cruised around, I'm like, whoa, that thing's like nuts. (sighs) Sounded cool. He obviously had the big motor and custom wheels and so forth but you see this bright purple car cruising around you know la jolla california when most everybody was driving uh, the station wagons with the wood siding on the side and it was oh sure you know was somewhat more tame back in those days so uh yeah very cool well here's a bit of an introspective question for you if you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle not what you want to be but you were actually manifest as a vehicle what would you be and why
1: well, I mean, I'd like to claim that I would be like a, an E-type Jag, but I don't think I'm that elegant. Um,
2: well, I don't know about I mean, that. At,
1: I could be a Lotus Elan because, I mean, it's that's my name. Um,
2: okay, yeah, think, that's right.
1: I think I'm probably the most like my Opal GT. Um, oh, I'm not real okay. big. Uh, I'd like to believe that I'm quirky and charming. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, kind of maybe a little unexpected.
0: Yeah. You know, Opel GTs are so cool. I had a friend in high school and college who had one. It was white. And we went to college together. So we'd share driving to school together. And he would let me drive his car because I'd never been around one of those. And I just remember it was cool the way the headlights flipped open. You know, the, the a different way than you typically yeah. would expect. And his car was immaculate and he was a very tidy guy. He ended up going off to the military and his dad was in the military. So everything was just done by the book and straight and narrow. But he, he had some mods on it and it was pretty cool. It had special tires and wheels. And I just remembered it was such a unique car and it was very different to drive. Why don't you explain the experience of an Opel GT drive?
1: <laughs> well... They're very small, Yes. I mean it's just yeah. a very small car. It's not that small inside, I mean it is if you have two people in it, but if if you're just driving alone, i mean you, the seat goes far back, and there's actually quite a lot of headroom for mm-hmm. for how small the car is. but you basically feel like uh I don't know a bot dot i mean when you're on the <laughs> highway. When I first got the car, I was like, why is everyone tailgating me these jerks? And then then I realized, like, no, there's a normal amount for my bumper. It's just that my bumper is basically directly behind the driving seat, my driving seat. Yeah, it's especially
0: (laughs) these days with big SUVs and how big cars have gotten, it's like the car has shrunk over time. It's tiny.
1: Yeah, but they, I mean, they handle nice. It's not, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not a Lotus, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's not a sports car it's not powerful but uh but it sort of sticks and goes and
0: yeah Uh, you just don't see them anymore i mean i just i can't remember the last time i saw one in person they just didn't last i guess they probably all rusted away or something so i don't know well it's cool i I think that's a good fit for you well we are coming into what i call the last lap a bit of a lightning round i'm going to ask you some questions and get some very quick blips of that opal gt throttle from you so here we go (laughs) <laughs> What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years?
1: Well, aside from from that one time that I mentioned earlier, uh, I think I'm extremely reliable. I try to be very reliable. Yes. If I say I'm going to do something, I try to do it.
0: There you go. Perfect. How about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would it be? Mark
1: Mark Donahue.
0: Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, he was a great, holy cow. Yeah. We could all learn a lot from him. Lost him way too early. How about the best automotive advice someone else has ever offered to you?
1: Whatever. If you're taking a car or an engine or a part to a a mechanic, an outside mechanic, clean it first. Because Mm. if it's, Looks like you care about it, then they will treat it as if they care about it. But if it looks like you don't care about it, then they will treat it the same way.
0: You know what? That is such a true thing, and I I do this whenever I take my car in for service. I detail the engine, and I'll tell you that has probably saved me more in over the course of the life of all my cars than anything. And I know that where I take my car service, they always make a comment: "Hey, thanks for bringing in such a clean car." You know, all our techs want to work on your car today. Uh, But you can also spot things that are happening sooner if your engine bay is clean you can see leaks faster Uh, but i agree with you yeah if you take care of something other people will tend to take care of it as well because they'll go oh my gosh i got her she's so picky i better do a good job (laughs) how about a resource is there a go-to for you you'd like to share you think is a great resource
1: i have two if that's okay yes yes One is not necessarily car related, but it is road trip related for when we finally are able to get back on the road again. Mm -hmm. And that is the Atlas Obscura website, um, atlasobscura.com. And it's great. It's all roadside attractions and you can put in the city that you're going to or you can hit what's near me now and it tells you all the weird, interesting things that are in that area. And it's been excellent for me in terms of finding cool places to drive to when I've been on the road for, for stories or if I have an extra day between races. Or
0: you know, I'm like so that. excited because I, I love it when people mention things that I've never heard of and I've never seen that site. So I'm gonna have a little fun there. Thanks for offering that. Oh, it's
1: fantastic. You said there was a yeah, second you'll one. I really like it. There is. Um, the second one is a podcast by Brian loans called the dork emotive podcast.
0: Dork
2: emotive.
1: <laughs> dork Motive, And uh, it's, these little history tidbits that that Brian Loans researches about cars. Uh Loans is the Fox announcer, the TV announcer for NHRA. He uh uh is the editor of Bang Shift, which is a website about cars. Mm-hmm. And he's also a, a good friend of mine. But he just started this podcast and I love it. It's so good. It's just like weird, quirky history stories, whether it's about the Turbonique Turbinaxle or about the first French rally, French to Italy rally, and the disasters that happened with that, or some giant truck engine that they only made one of. Uh, Very, very good. It's very interesting for car people, and I don't know anyone else who's doing anything yeah, like that. Yeah,
0: so, sounds fascinating. Um, very cool I'll have to reach out to you. Very
1: inspiring.
0: Yeah, maybe you can <laughs> yes, introduce you him definitely to me. Talk to him. Yeah, you can introduce him to me, we can get him on our cars Yeah here to promote that. That sounds fantastic. Well, how about uh, a book? Now, I know that you're working on a book uh with Don Prudhomme about his life in racing, which is cool. Do you have a a published date yet on that?
1: Um I think we're we're aiming for this fall and um, it's in we're just doing little cleanup stuff. Uh, checking on photos, okay. double checking how people's names are spelled, copy editing and stuff. So we're we're hoping it'll come out towards the end of this year. I'd like it to be available by the holidays. Yeah, um, We'll have to check in. I'll let you know. <laughs>
0: well, let me know. You know, it'd be great is uh, connect me with Don and we'll get him on the show here and we can promote the book when it comes out. How does that sound?
1: Yes, That'd absolutely. Be cra- I think he would love that.
0: Now about a, another book. Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy that is out?
1: Yes. Um, I mean, again, I've read, I've, I, there's like so many that I want to recommend. (laughs) Um, (laughs) there's one called faster by Neil Bascom, um, which is about a Jewish racing driver who beat the Nazis in the Mm thirties. That's really good. But the one that I think would be really good for, for your listeners is a book called slow car fast, Mm -hmm. um, by Ryan Zimalan. I don't know if you, if you know, Ryan, but, um, He's a younger guy, and he did a whole bunch of research into the car culture of people under 30, and it's uh, it's really good and, and useful and certainly will make you feel a lot better if if you're one of those folks out there going like, oh, man, my kids don't like cars, because they do. They do like cars, and they just like them a little differently, and he really did a good job of looking into that.
2: Yeah,
0: definitely. Well, Ryan is going to be a future guest here on the show, so I'm familiar with him and that book, so you listeners can watch for that. But uh, Neil, I had on the show a couple months ago, and uh, his book, Faster, is fascinating story it's just incredible and i he was gracious enough to give me about 15 books and i've been sharing them with people and sending them off to readers and so forth so uh yeah those are two great books i remind our listeners go to the Carzia website click on the resources tab and you'll see a category called guest recommended books where i'll put both of these books and there's over 1600 books listed there by my inspiring automotive enthusiast (laughs) it's incredible library of opportunity for you to have fun, learn, and explore. So check it out on the Karja yeah! website. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. <laughs> this question can be a bit of a doozy. Today I'm going to buy you any cool collector fun car that you'd like to have parked in your garage. But there's a couple rules to this game that may make it a bit of a challenge. One is... You can't sell it to uh, buy a bunch of other toys with. So, if you buy an expensive car, or if you have me buy you an expensive car, you got to keep it. I want you to drive it. No garage queens or trophy queens here. I want you to go out and enjoy this. So, it needs to tick a lot of boxes, but here's the hard part it's the only one collector car you can have. So, what's it going to be?
1: It's the Lamborghini Mira. Um, (laughs) It's a hard question. There are a lot of cars that I would love to have. But in thinking about the question and thinking like, okay, what, you know, what do I want? It's like, I want something that's fast. I want something that's beautiful that I just, every time I see it, I find something else about it to look at. And I want something that is unlikely to be one of 50 in a parking lot. Um, What do you think? And I I think that uh, not only would having a regularly driven mirror make you a celebrity, but it's also just a car that no one's ever sorry that see one show up.
0: I know. They're they're so beautiful. You know, and what's surprising to me, those cars were built between sixty six and seventy-three. So I, I think they built around seven hundred and fifty cars or something like that, maybe a little more. Uh, but they built them for quite a while when you think about it, because a lot of those cars back then didn't last as long. And they they evolved a little bit as well. I believe they all had the V twelves, but of course they they later had the was it the uh the SVs? that came out towards the end, I think, of that era. I might have that wrong, but they're just the most... Uh, yeah, I think uh, they've got to be on the top 100 most beautiful cars. And yeah, I think it was the SV. They they made the P400, the 400S, and then the 400SV. So I want to make sure I get you the right car. <laughs> they also made a, a version called the Jota, I believe, which was kind of an...
1: Oh, it's, yeah, if, J-O-T-A, right? Yeah,
0: I may be saying it wrong, but it was... I don't know. I didn't really care for it very much. It's a bit develop, uh different. But uh so I wanna make sure I get you the right one. So what's it gonna be? The four hundred, the four hundred S or the four hundred S V?
1: Oh gosh. Um now you put me on the spot because <laughs> okay. I haven't I haven't researched them in a while, but uh I like the one with the eyelashes and I know that that was only a couple of years where they yeah, had the, yeah. the the eyelashes
2: on. All right, them, so I'll make sure I, think I get she's some eyelashes like 68 or something like that. Yeah,
0: 6768 yeah, where they had the beautiful, yeah, that touch on the headlights. So, all right, I'll make sure I get you the right one. Uh, now is there a color <laughs> that you would prefer because they came in some really cool colors?
1: They did come in some amazing colors. Um I think that all cars look excellent in orange. But I also really like the Mira in blue. There's like a bright blue that yeah. they did it in, which I think uh, I might I might be okay with.
0: You know, I saw one in that color when I was at the Cavallino event years ago, and they have an event after the Cavallino on Saturday on Sunday at Mar-a-Lago, which happens to be uh, president trump's one of his places a resort place, and actually, I met him there, which is the only time I've ever met him. It was quite interesting. <laughs> I was there early and they were bringing the cars in and he was walking across the grass and I went up and introduced myself and um he was actually very nice, and he made a funny comment he said, "Well, I hope these cars aren't dripping oil all over my lawn and I thought that was <laughs> kind of funny, but he he was a car guy back in the day but um yeah the uh they're, they're just incredible incredible cars but the color that was on the lawn that mar-a-lago that day was a beautiful blue color with a cream interior which if you remember many of those mirrors had very interesting interiors, very contrasting colors to the outside colors i've even seen an orange one with a bright blue interior which is (laughs) just crazy so uh all right well I'll, i'll get you something fun i'll surprise you
1: Okay, thanks. I mean, I w- I won't turn any of them away.
0: I would think not. No, I think not. Well, Alana, you've taken me on a fun ride. This has been great to reconnect again after you were on Buy, Sell, Hold with Keith Martin and I. That was a great talk as well. So you listeners that missed that talk, you'll find it on the Cars.io website or on Sports Car Market website. Before I let you go, though, I'd love for you to share a parting piece of Uh, wisdom or uh, encouragement for all of us out there before you rip off onto the coastal sunset maybe down highway coast one in that Lamborghini Mira, with eyelashes of course
1: with eyelashes (laughs) I think that the advice that I would give people especially people who want to do what we're doing in this industry is you don't know who's important or how long they'll be important so don't treat people one way if you think that they can help you in a different way if you think that they're not important. Yeah. Um you should you should treat everyone that you meet as you move through the stages of your career as valuable because everyone is valuable and it becomes very obvious as you hang out with people longer who's kind of just in it to to suck up to, <laughs> yeah. to get something out of people and and people don't like it. And when you do treat people nicely, no matter whether they're important or you think they're not important, um, people notice that too. And I think that, I mean, I don't know, I can't I can't tell you why I've had such good luck with being offered the opportunities that I have, but I believe that it's because I, I don't do that. You know, um, the editor-in-chief at Car and Driver now, Sharon Cardi amazing, she's offered me this amazing column, and I'm so excited about it. But I didn't just start talking to her when she got the car and driver job. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I knew her before that. Um, I mean, she's always been in a, in a higher level position. So maybe that's not the best example. But I'd like to believe that maybe she remembered that I've always been a decent person, and that yeah. there aren't too many people who are who are out there who would say that I haven't been nice to them. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that that's, something that doesn't get talked about enough in work. People talk about needing to have a a killer instinct or needing to be bold or needing to be aggressive. But I think that there's a lot that you can do with kindness and that it's a, a worthwhile way of of living your life.
0: It's pretty simple. Just be nice to everyone. You know, I, there's a quote, and I'll probably butcher a little bit, but don't burn bridges on your way up because you might need that bridge on the way down. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, just be nice to people. Uh, it goes a long way and people remember it for sure. So what's the best way for my listeners to keep up with you?
1: Oh, okay. Well, um, you already mentioned the YouTube channel, that's Challenge Her. And if you're on any of the social medias, Twitter or Instagram, that is also Challenge Her. Um, There is a Facebook page that's just my name, Alana Share, where I try to post everything that I've been doing, whether it's a podcast like this one or a new article that comes up online online. Uh, so that's just my name, Alana Cher, on Facebook, and I believe I'm the only one, so it shouldn't be too hard to find. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: I'll make sure I put links to all those on Alana's show notes page. She spells her name E-L-A-N-A and Cher is S-C-H-E-R-R, got an extra R in there. So make sure you check it out. If you missed any of this or if you're driving right now, you're walking, you're riding, you're having some fun, uh, go back to the Cars yeah website, just type Ilana E-L-A-N-A, and you'll find it right there alana if you say it correctly so there you go (laughs) he always trips me up alana thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise i really appreciate you spending some time with us today i'm glad you're healthy and happy and things are going well for you until you and i talk again i'll see you down the road (laughs) (laughs) thank you